All right, a good morning. So here we go. Today's daf is daf Nun Aleph, page 51 in the Heligam Masechus Kedushin. And we're going to pick up two lines from the bottom of Nun Amba Beis. Gufa. Second to last word on the line. All right. Here we go. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement. Omar Rabba. Rabba says, Anytime a marriage will not work one after the other, it does not even work simultaneously. It does not even work at once. So remember the case we gave yesterday is somebody walks over to five women and he wants to marry all them and one accepts it on behalf of the others. Now included in the five women is two sisters. These two sisters cannot have valid marriages. Certainly certainly if you do one after the other, you can't marry a sister and then walk over to a sister and put a ring on her finger. It's not even a valid marriage. The same thing would hold true if one sister accepts it on behalf of both of them or if, again, these two sisters are part of a group of five and it's all happening simultaneously, it's not going to be a valid marriage. That was Rabbah's statement. Esve Abayi. Abayi asked a challenging question on Rabbah. We now turn to the top of today's daf. Hamarbe b'maiser. We know there's a biblical obligation to tithe from produce and animals in Eretz Yisrael. So if a person over-tithes, peraisav misukonim, what happens over here is anything that was not separated as miser is permitted to be eaten. Okay? But anything that was like the, the more than 10%, the more than 10% is going to be forbidden to, um, um, it's going to be forbidden to eat. Okay? Now, why is it forbidden to eat? Because the additional, we'll call it, let's say you separated 12%. So 10% is miser, the additional 2% is like what? What, what is it? Perhaps it's still tethel. Because you didn't separate miser from it, and this itself is not part of miser. Why do we say that the extra amount is not going to be allowed to be eaten? Why don't we say, it doesn't happen one after the other, it shouldn't happen even at one moment, meaning... You can't separate miser two times. If I se- once I separate miser from animals from produce, you can't. There's no such thing as separating miser again, right? Agreed. You say if you do another ten percent, that's not the biblical miser. Call it something else. Do you want to give charity? You want to do chesed? You want to be nice to the levy? You want to be nice to the kain? Gesinta hate. You're welcome to do that, but don't call that miser. So the same way. That um, it doesn't work You can't give miser one after the other It shouldn't happen even at once And we should say that if you take set aside more than miser None of it is considered separated And you have not tithed And everything is still forbidden to eat Omar Lay responded to him Shiny miser Miser is different Because you can give miser in parts Meaning I could get, the, the 10% could come in any way I choose It could be a bulk 10%. I could give my miser for my produce. I could say 10% of each apple is miser, as opposed to doing like a bulk 10% in, in the corner. I could do it however I want it. Okay? So miser is easy. The Yamar is Kadesh Palga. If you wanted to say, uh, a saint, uh, make holy half of the chitza, my wheat, kadja. It's going to become holy. Okay. However, when it comes to marrying two sisters, you can't marry a half a sister. 
And therefore, both acts of Kedushan are not going to be valid. By Meiser, it could possibly be by these girls, it will not be. Says Gemara, you can't tithe, you could, maybe you could tithe part of produce, you can't tithe part of an animal, and you also can't do one after the other. See, the way that they would tithe their new flock was as follows. They would take all the new animals that were born that year, they put them into a pen, they put it into a corral, and then the owner would open up the gate where the, the sheep, will call it, for example, walk out single file. And as the sheep walk out single file, the owner would count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then put a mark on the back of number 10. And then keep going. <coughs> now here's the problem. What happens if two sheep walk out together in the 10th spot? They tied for 10th place. Okay? So what do you do? Says the Gemara, Yatsu Shnayim Basiri, if two animals came out side by side as, as number 10, Vikaron Asiri, and he looks at these two that walk out and he says, 10, and he'd set, he designates, he calls both of them 10, Asiri Va'achar Asar Mu'uraban Zebizah. Okay? So then... The 10th and 11th animals are considered mixed together. And you need to deal with both of them with holiness. Because I know one's 10 and one's 11. But you called both 10. You got to deal with it like you got to handle it like it's miser. Now what are the ramifications of handling it as miser? They're, they're, it's considered holy and there's certain laws. That, uh, that uh, restrictions that miser have because of its, uh, because of its holiness. Now here's the problem. Get ready for this. According to the logic that we said before, that if you were to do it one after the other, if it doesn't work out once, you can't do it after the other either. So then, you know what should happen? Neither of them should have Kedushas Meiser. Why are you telling me they both have Kedushas Meiser? Neither of them should be Kedushas Meiser. Answer the Gemara, shiny Meiser, him and Meiser, is different to Isai Betois. Because... Meiser Behema, you can mistakenly turn something into Meiser, meaning the Tanah we learned in the Mishnah. Karo the Tashi Asiri, what if he messes up his numbers? Yet yeah, it happens to all of us. He's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I forgot where I'm up to. What was this? Eight, nine, what? This is the ninth, this is the tenth. I, I can't remember if this animal's nine, ten. I'm already on my, I'm already on my tenth time counting my tenth one. I'm, I'm like confused. Okay? So if by mistake, he called the ninth animal ten. Ulasiri tashi, or maybe he skipped nine, and he called the tenth animal, or he skipped ten, and he called the, the tenth animal nine. See, he misdesignated. Now, part of establishing something as miser is not just the order that the animal walks out, but the owner saying, this is number ten. Okay. Ulaachad asrasiri, or he ta- by mistake, he called the eleventh animal ten. Shloshton mikudashin. Now, Allah is, you need to deal with nine, ten, and eleven all with holiness, okay? Nine, because you called it ten. Ten, because it is ten. And eleven, because you called it ten. So in such a case, everybody would agree that if you set something up at one time, the Kedusha would be valid, okay? And therefore, bottom line, going back to bringing the sugya full circle, we don't have a question on Rabbah. Ask the Gemara, Baharei Taida. 
But what about by the case of a carbon taida, a Thanksgiving offering? Deleka betais. It doesn't work by mistake. Okay? It doesn't work by mistake. If uh, it was set aside by mistake, as we'll see in, uh, shortly, so it's not, uh, it's not holy. And the Kedusha does not happen one after the other. Meaning, if you set aside various, uh, a couple animals or, or loaves of, uh, of challah, or matzah to be brought along with the carbon taida, so if it's zeachar after the other, it does not, the Kedusha does not continue. Vitmarem, we learned. Taida shenishchata al shmeinim chalis. A carbon taida that was shechted together with 80 chalis. Now, a carbon taida really was brought with 40 chalis. Let's say you brought it with 80. Chizki amr arba So 40 become Kaddish, not all 80. None of it becomes Kaddish because you messed up and, and uh, you, you can't designate uh, any specific 40 out of these 80. Okay, so what do you see from here? That according to Chizkiah's approach, that if somebody wants to do 80 loaves of challah again, which you really only need 40. If you want to make 80 loaves of, of uh, challah Kaddish, it's not all 80 are not going to work, but 40 will work. And again, this, is a, this doesn't work with Rabbah's idea. Rabbah says if it doesn't work simultaneously, it shouldn't work with either. Says the Gemara, no, there's no question. Rabbi Lavit Marlo, we already established Amr Yishub and Levi. Everybody agrees. If the guy says at the time that he brought his carbon tide, I only want 40 out of the 80 to be Kaddish, then Kachi 40 do become holy. But if he says, no, but if instead of saying 40 out of the 80 is holy, he says, I want all 80 to be holy. Then we say, well, sorry, Charlie, and ain't the way it works. You don't bring 80 loaves with your carbon tide. Like And therefore none of them are holy. So where do we have a conversation? You brought 80 loaves of bread and you didn't say, I want 40 out of the 80. You didn't say I want to be holy. You didn't say I want all 80 to be holy. You didn't say anything. You just brought too many. Yeah. Um, he's really intending to bring 40 and an additional 40 in case something goes wrong. And therefore, there should be holiness. Okay? Umar Savar, another opinion is the carbon gadol kamaskavin. No, he wants to bring a very big carbon. He wants to bring 80, and that doesn't work. And therefore, none of them become Kaddish. Okay. Beautiful. Says the Gemara. The Rava, Lamle Lashni Karava. Rava, why is he following the uh, opinion of Rava? He should say that here's the problem. Here's the problem. Now we're going to segue to a new, a, a new uh, topic, a new sagi, and that's like this. We know that what consummates a marriage and what ultimately shows the uh, ultimately the greatest sign of living together as husband and wife is having marital relations. So now here's the question: Can you marry somebody if at the time of the marriage? Consummating the marriage is an impossibility. Rava says, if I walk over to a woman and put a ring on her finger, in order for that marriage to ever be valid, it must allow husband and wife to have relations afterwards. If my putting a ring on her finger does not allow us to have relations afterwards, 
It's not a marriage, says Rav. It's not even effective. It's like putting a ring on the finger of another man. It's nothing. Okay? Now, here's the deal. When somebody marries two sisters at the same time, you know what should happen? None of them should be married to him. Nothing to do with, oh, because if it can't happen at the, uh, well, consecutively, it can't happen simultaneously either. Nothing to do with that. The problem here is, you're not allowed to have relations with your wife's sister. So if you married two women at the same time, you can't have relations with anybody. And that's why the marriage shouldn't be valid. Forget this whole last daf of, oh, the reason why it's not valid is if it doesn't happen consecutively, it can't happen simultaneously. Well, what's that? If you're not able to have relations, says Rava, Rava, n- no marriage is effective. So why don't we just mention that in the first place? Says the Gemara, you're right. According to Rava, we could, but not everybody agrees with that. Rav Merchama holds that marriage is effective even if it doesn't directly lead to relations. And therefore, we want to even show, according to that opinion, that uh, even according to that opinion, that you could have an effective marriage without, without the ability for relations, Still, we'll say in this case, when you marry two sisters, it's not going to be valid. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. But we've now segued into this new fascinating discussion of can you have an effective marriage when built into the marriage is an impossibility for marital relations. So here we go. Itmar, we learned. Kedushin she'en mesurin lebiya, a marriage that has no ability for cohabitation. Abai Amar have kedushin. It could be a valid marriage. Rav Amar loyav kedushin. Rav says it's not a valid marriage. Now let's explain why. Amar Rav, Rav says I'll tell you why it's not a valid marriage. Barahina asvirali. Barahina explained to me the reason is it says in the Torah by marriage. When a man takes, when a man marries, acquires a woman's rights to marriage and has relations with her, that's built into the very same verse. Which means, says Rava, When you have an acquisition with the ability for relations, that's a valid marriage. If you have and there's no ability for a ubala, Garnish, garnish, it didn't work, it's not effective. Okay. So that's Rava's source. Now remember, Abayi says it's going to be an effective marriage. We don't know Abayi's source yet. So we're going to get, that's what we're going to get, that's what we are going to get into right now. Here we go. Tanan. We learned in a mission. Hamikadesh Isha Ubita. If somebody marries a mother and daughter at the same time, now this is interesting. How's that possible? So let's say a mother and daughter both appoint one messenger to accept marriage from this guy. And this guy goes and he's accepting on behalf of both. Or two sisters. Says the Mishnah, nothing is valid here. Now, this is if you were to marry one of them. Okay. Let's say you tried to marry... A woman or her daughter. Or a woman or her sister. Mikudesh it is a valid marriage. 
Now, why would I think not? So let's pause for a minute. I would tell you why not. Let's think about this. You have two sisters who appoint a messenger to accept marriage from Yankul. Yankul gives a ring to the messenger and he says, I am hereby marrying one of the sisters. Which one? He didn't say. But is he married to one of them? I'd assume so. Or do we say no? Now, why would we say no? You know why? Because since we didn't specify which sister, you cannot have relations with either one. Because each woman might be your wife's sister. Okay? So that could be the issue. So if you say, again, this guy comes to represent two sisters, or a mother and daughter, and the man says, okay, I'll marry one of them. So if you say, which what our Mishnah says, it's a valid marriage, and you're married to one, what does that show? You, in order for a marriage to be valid, you don't need the ability for relations. Again, if it's a valid marriage, if it's valid, that means we're allowing it to be valid, despite the fact that you're not going to be able to have relations with either one. Because you don't know. I might be married to your daughter, or I might be married to you, or I might be married to Says the Gemara, "Why is it a valid marriage? All these cases is a kedushin shemesur and the It's not capable of having relations." To Yufta the Rava, and this is an upslug. This is a refute on Rava. Rava says it's that any marriage that's not capable of relations is not valid. Here you see it is valid, even though there's an incapability of relations. It's a good kasha. It's a good challenge. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, Amalach Rav, Rav is going to say to you, Tamech, Lafi, you, according to you, Amos Savis, at the end of the Mishnah, Maisa Bechamish Shash is a story with five women. Ubehem Shayachas amongst the five women is two sisters. And one of them gathered a basket, a fellow gathered a basket of figs. And he says, the other women are married, but the two sisters are not married. Now, only the sisters aren't married. But the other three women seem to be married. Why are they married? Let's explain. If he said, I want to be married to all you with this basket of figs. That's like the same thing as saying, you know, acquire this and your donkey. And uh, somebody says, you and the donkey, laikana, uh, the the either way they have not acquired anything, so that, that that for sure even on the three women would not be valid. Now let's explain what's happening over there in uh, in that case. So again, you have somebody who wants to acquire a um, multiple things together. Somebody wants to acquire multiple things together. Or you want to give over ownership to a baby. Now, how do you give ownership to a baby? So, the, um, if somebody says, I want you and your chamar, I want you and your donkey to acquire. Can the person acquire? Yeah. Can the donkey acquire? No. So if you use that expression, 
nobody has acquired. Even the human has not acquired. Okay? Now, that's the opinion of Rav Hamnuna. Rav Nachman holds that if I walk over to a fellow and I say, you and that baby or you and that donkey, I'm giving you guys 50 bucks each. So Rav Nuna says nobody acquired anything because the donkey can't acquire. But Rav Nachman says you could acquire your half. Okay? You could acquire the $50 that's yours. Now we turn to the top of my base. Elolav, the case, rather the case must be, he says to these women who he's marrying with the figs, he says, I want one of you five to be married to me. As we said, these sisters are certainly not one of the five. So what do you see? You cannot have a valid kedushin if it, does, if it doesn't have the ability for relations. Kasha on Abai. The Rava Kasha Reisha, Abai Kasha Seif. We're ending up with a problem with Rava, who says that um, it would be considered a, who says that it would not be considered a marriage from the Reisha, and we have a question on Abai from the Seifa. Says the Gemara, each one's going to wiggle out. Abai Matars Abai will be consistent with his own reasoning. Rav Matars Tamei, Rav could answer consistent with his reasoning. Abai Matars he'll say, by the case where you marry a woman and her daughter at the same time. or a woman and her sister at the same time. It's not a valid marriage. But if you marry one of them, it is a valid marriage. I'll explain to you why. Ah, you can't have relations because maybe you're married to the other one. But let's say he says, whoever I'm, allowed, whoever I'm allowed to have relations to, they should be the one that's married to me, then Then we say, it's not a valid condition. So Abai is adding in this line, and Abai is saying that if a person uh, says straight out that I only want to have relations, I only want to be married, I'm sorry, I only intend and only want to be married to a woman, who has the ability to have relations with me. So then he's making a tenai, he's making a condition of the marriage. And since he made a condition, neither sister is going to be married to him because neither one is capable of, of relations. Umay Sanami, and you should know there was a story that happened. Five women, amongst these five were two sisters. Somebody took a basket of figs, Viomar. He says, whichever ones of you could be married to me, those are the ones that uh, whoever's mutter for relations, those are the ones I want to be married to. Okay, in that case, the other three are going to be married to you. The two sisters are not going to be married to you. That's how Abaye is going to explain the, the uh, seifa of the Mishnah. And Rav is going to explain the Mishnah according, consistent with his own reasoning. We said if somebody marries uh, one, either mother or daughter, yeah. So, and we don't know specifically which one. It's as if as if you're marrying them at the same time. And it's not a valid marriage. Rabbi is going to understand that this story is going on the ratio of the Mishnah. And he says to women, I want all of you together with the two sisters to all be married to you with this basket. See, he put a condition in that the sisters must be married to him. Now that ain't going to work. Sorry, not happening. It doesn't make a difference how you're establishing it. Come and listen. So bottom line is, we don't have a refute for either Abaye 
or Rava. Toshma, come and listen. If somebody gives over his daughter for Kedushin, okay? So let's say you have a guy, he's got triplets or twins. He's got three girls, two girls, they're 10 years old. And we know the father has a right to give them over in marriage. So he walks over to an adult man and he says, I'm giving over my daughter's hand in marriage to you. And he doesn't say specifically which daughter he's referring to. We know that all of his adult daughters are certainly not included because he has no rights to marry them off. This seems to mean that his minor daughters, we all do need to be concerned, might be the ones who are married to this guy. Now, what are the long-lasting ramifications of it? Any one of his daughters that are married to this guy can never marry into his family. You know, they can't marry his brother, they can't marry him. Let alone that marriage itself. Right? What about the, uh, the, the, how, how it extends, how it expands? Why is this true? It's a Kedushin, it's a marriage that's not given over for Bia. You know why? You can never have relations with any one of this guy's minor girls. Because again, she might be the, the sister of your wife. He didn't specify which daughter, so you can't have relations with any of them. And these are a few of, 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 of the Rava. Is there a feud on Rava? Rava should say that this is not valid at all. But it says, it seems to imply that a Kitano would be married to this guy even if the father doesn't specify which daughter. Why is it a valid marriage? He can't have relations with her. This guy had multiple daughters. We don't know which one he married her off. We don't know which one's married. Amar Lach Rav, Rav is going to explain. Maybe the case of the Bryce is where the guy's only got two daughters. Yeah. One's 15 and one's 10. So when we know for sure he's not dealing with a 15-year-old, he's only dealing with a 10-year-old, so then he could have relations with the 10-year-old. You know why? Because there ain't no sister. There's no possibility that you're having relations with your wife's sister. She's the only one who could be your wife. And maybe that's where we say that it would be a valid marriage. But maybe when they're sisters, not necessarily so. Says Gemara, But the Mishnah says, that he had uh, bygrace. There's other, there's other daughters. So one says, my bygrace, bygrace to Alma. It means there's other older daughters. But it doesn't mean that uh, there's no other uh, younger sisters. So what's the Kiddush? Yeah, what's the Kiddush? What's the novel idea? Again, what do we just say? The case is like this. The, the, you have a, a guy who's got a 15-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. He walks over to a fellow and he says, I, and I'm accepting marriage for my daughter. Which daughter is he referring to? Is there any doubt what's happening here? No. It ain't the 15-year-old. And if it ain't the 15-year-old, there's one girl left. So what's the whole Kiddush? Of course it's the 10-year-old. The case over here is, uh, that we're dealing with is the Shavi Yishliach. You have a father of a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old. He has the right to his 10-year-old daughter's hand in marriage. However, the 15-year-old asked him to be her shliach, her messenger also. So now the father has a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, and he has both, he has rights to both hands in marriage. He's going to function as a messenger for the 15-year-old, and he's functioning from the Torah for his minor. And now he walks over to the man and he says, I'm, Behold, I'm marrying you off to my daughter. I'm accepting marriage for my daughter. So now we talk of a good child. Yeah, he's not necessarily only accepting marriage for the 10-year-old. Because the 15-year-old gave over her shlichus. 
Yeah. Mahotim, I would have thought to say, Kimakaba Kadushi, Adaita Didaka, Makabo, and the Father accepts Kadushin. He's doing it for the 15 year old. Kamashmat, Leishav again, Shmidi, Disley, I know, Mine. The Kiddush over here is that not necessarily so. Yeah? Which means the greatest benefit to the father is to marry off the, the younger one. That's his right to marriage, and he's, he's Makabo, the month, the Kasef Kadushin. He's going to get the money for, uh, for marriage. More than He's got the ones in marriage. Uh, the, 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 the money in marriage Well if he acts as a messenger for his older daughter Not necessarily so Therefore we're still unsure if he's accepting it for His older Or younger daughter It's not so clear <clears throat> Says the Gemara But maybe We're dealing with a case In which she says I'll give you my money in marriage too I don't want you to be Mashiach I'll give you my money in marriage And maybe over there Taka he's accepting the marriage for her we still don't necessarily know that he's leaving the older one because the girl, there's a mitzvah in the Torah, the younger one, the katana, is a mitzvah in the Torah for him to marry her off. The older one is no mitzvah in the Torah to marry her off. What do you mean no mitzvah in the Torah? Obviously to help with Shaduchim, but it's not the Torah, a biblically given hand in marriage, and therefore we're not going to automatically assume that he's accepting marriage from the 15-year-old. We're still Mesopic, we're still in doubt, and that's where the Chiddush of the uh, of the Mishnah comes in. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to be a valid marriage. Toshima, come and listen. You have a father who's got two wives, and each wife, he had a few daughters from that wife. The Yomar, and he says, Kidashi has beat the Akadela, marrying off my older daughter. Now, what is Shkayach, my older daughter? You got two families here. What's, what's an older daughter? You got two groups. The older daughter from the older group of girls, the older daughter from the younger group of girls. Whether it's the younger daughter or the older one, who's older than the oldest daughter or the younger one, right? In other words, let's say he's got six daughters, three from, three from each wife. So you have like this. Wife number one has daughters that are, that are uh, 20, 19, and 18. Wife number two has daughters that are 14, 13, 12. So when he says, I'm marrying off my older daughter, or let's say they're katana, really, they're minors, right? So he's the right to marry them off. Does he mean the older of the oldest group? Does he mean the older of the youngest group? Maybe he means any daughter of the older group. Even if they're not the oldest to their mother, they're considered older than the younger group of, of girls. Salah is kulan asuris. They're all usher to marry anybody else because they're forbidden because they all might be already married. Every, none of them could ever get married. Chutz mikitana shebekitanis. Except for the youngest of the younger group, where there's no chance she's older than anybody. Divir Meir's opinion of Rabbi Meir. Okay, so you see, there's a kosher marriage, even though nobody's ever going to be able to have relations. This is a question on Rava and a proof to Abaye. You could have a valid, you see, you could have a valid marriage, even though there's no ability for um, uh, for relations. Mar says no proof. What happened was. Everything was specified at the time of marriage. And then, then everything got confused. Afterwards, everything got confused. He forgot. He didn't remember which, which daughter it was. Okay? 
So just because we're saying that he can't have relations with the daughter has nothing to do with whether it was a valid marriage or not. It's because it's just confused. There's confusion now. That's the only reason why. It's nothing to do with. Uh, there's no proof about about kedushin sheinim asur and libia. Take anami, and you could imply that this is what's happening as well. Dektani, it says any day. He says I don't know which daughter I married him, but like a tani any do. He doesn't say it was never known. So if you say it was never known, then maybe Altaka say it wasn't a valid marriage because it was never capable of having relations. Over here it was known. So at the time of the marriage, there was capability of relations. But afterwards, the daughters got mixed up or he got he forgot. He didn't remember which one he married off. But there's going to be a valid marriage because the bottom line was at the time of the acquisition, it was fit for relations. Says the Gemara, Yachim, I remember. Now what's the novel idea here? You don't need to tell me that. I know. It was a ma- time of marriage. It was capable of relations. Sigmar says, no, the Chiddush is, Lafuki midrav yaisi, da'amar le'machis inish nafshei l'sveika. So excluding Rabbi Yaisi says that a person never puts himself into a, into a, a position of being in, in doubt. And therefore, if somebody says, you're married to my older daughter, we're going to assume, says Rabbi Yaisi, it means the oldest of the older daughter. You don't need to be concerned about everybody. For the fact that over here we're concerned that the expression of older means more than one girl, that's the Chiddush. A person will use expressions, again, and communicate in an unclear way, which can lead to these, uh, these uh, further uh, issues, these further fallouts. Okay, bottom line is, we don't have a proof to Abai, and it's not a question on Rabbah. Toshma, come and listen. If somebody marries one of two sisters, I'm not sure which sister I married. Nice and get lazu, but get lazu. If you're not sure which sister you married, let me ask you a question. Can you have relations with with either one? No. But it says you got to give them both a get. Why? It shouldn't even be a valid marriage. You can't have relations. It shouldn't be according according to the opinion, according to Rava, that it's not a valid marriage in the first place. Why are you giving a get to both? They both should not need a get. It was never a marriage at all. You married two sisters, and then afterwards you forgot. They forgot, whatever the circumstances are. So it was a valid, it was a valid marriage. But now afterwards you're like, well, which one do I give a get to? I don't know anymore. Yeah, they're twins. Let's say, let's say they both, something happened. They don't have their mental abilities anymore in various ways, whatever it is. So then you give a get to both of them. They can ami, they can ami, they can ami, they it says that now he doesn't know. That's why you need to give a get. But if it was never known in the first place, maybe we'll say that you're not married at all. Because neither sister was capable of having relations. But it says at the end, let's say this guy who married these two sisters, and he who married one of the two, and he doesn't know, he remember which one he married. Um, uh, and he has a brother. The brother has to do chalitza on these two sisters. We had two brothers. One could do chalitza, one could do yibam. If one of them marries her, we don't, we don't, uh, we, we don't tell them to get divorced. There's only if he did chalitza, another one does yibam. Let's say one brother does yibam. Then the other one does chalitza. That doesn't work. Why? Because over here, it's going to come out with a problem. You're not allowed to marry the sister of your zikuka. And since there's a chance that the first lady was already bound to the brother, since Yibam was done, he's not able to, since Chalitza was done, 
he's not able to do Yibam afterwards. See, if Yibam is done first, that's no problem. Because here, here's what we're going to say. Get ready for this. Let's just talk this out. Okay? Let's talk this through. Follow along. This is beautiful. Very, very uh, methodical. Reuven is married to Rachel or Leah. We don't know which one. They're sisters. It's unclear. For whatever reason. Reuven dies childless. Reuven, who's now deceased, had two brothers, Shimon and Levi. Rachel and Leah, follow closely, one of them is a Yavama. The other one is not. Again, Reuven was married to one of the two, we just don't know which one. So one of these two women is a Yavama, and one of them is just a woman. Right? She's... The Yavama's sister. Clear? So Rachel and Leah, we're not sure which one's the Yavama. How, what's the best way to handle this? If Shimon and Levi want to marry them. See, here's what you do. Let Shimon marry Rachel. Why? Because either Shimon's doing Yibam, because Rachel's the right wife. And if Rachel's not the right wife, so he's marrying a random woman. That's fine. You can do it. And now let Shimon marry the other one. Because the other one is either the Yavama. So she's still marrying the deceased brother. And if she's not the Yavama, so you just have a regular marriage. That's no problem. So it's easy peasy. Here's where the problem starts. The problem would start if brother number one, Shimon, instead of doing Yibam, instead of marrying Rachel, which we said would be great, go do that. She's either your Yavama or a random woman. If instead of doing that, he does Chalitza on her, like a get, like a divorce. So now here's the problem. Once Shimon does Chalitza on Rachel, he messes everything up. Even Levi cannot marry Leah. Levi cannot marry Leah. You know why? Because if Rachel was really the Yavama, and Chalitza was done on her, so now you're not allowed to marry the sister of a woman you were bound to. And since Rachel may be the one who both Shimon and Levi were bound to, you can't marry Leah. So if brother number one does marriage, Shalom al Yisrael, everything's great. If brother number two does chalitza, then everything gets messed up. That's the Gemara's clarifying. Toshma, come and listen. Two men marry two, two uh, sisters. It was dark, whatever it was. Nobody knows who, which one got, they got married to. So each one should divorce both women in case she's your wife. And here's the problem. Why is it a valid marriage? You were never allowed to have relations with her because she could be a married woman to somebody else. You have two guys who walk into a very, very dark, haunted house. Yeah, very dark. Your eyes aren't accustomed and they put rings on these women's fingers. And the women accept consent to marriage. Then they go out into the light and both men have no clue who they married and both women have no clue who they accepted marriage from. They don't know. Everything was identical. Black, dark, I don't know. 
what do I know? Yeah, there's no way to show. Both men use the same ring, type of ring, same style. There's no way to tell the difference. So the halacha is, you're, each man has to give a divorce to both women. In case, in case she is somebody else's husband. See, I can't, the, one man can't just pick one. You know why? The, the moment he picks one, she could be married to the other guy. So you got to give a get to both. So the Gemara says, but what do you see from this? The fact that each one has to give two gitten is a proof you can have a valid marriage even when there's no capability of relations. Because you're not going to have relations with either woman. She might be married, she might be your friend's wife. And still we see we're obligating gitten. This is a proof you can have a valid marriage with an inability for relations. Maybe the case was not where you married in a dark room. Maybe you, um, the, the, whatever the circumstances are, they, it was clear at the time of marriage who you were marrying. And afterwards, things got mis- mixed up. So at the time of the marriage, it was valid because there was no lack of clarity. And the lack of clarity comes up later. Now's where you got to give a get because it's after the fact that you can't have relations with the economy. You could apply this is the story of the mission as well. It says now he doesn't know. It doesn't say he was never known. If they knew at the time of marriage who it was, then what's the chiddush that you need to give to Gittin? Of course it was a valid marriage. No, the chiddush is for the end of the Mishnah, which says, If let's say both of these guys who are unsure who they married, and each one has a brother, each brother has to do chalitza on both, because again, you can't bring her in, she might be an ish, she might be bound to somebody else, if one, if one guy left behind one brother, the other guy left behind two brothers, top of tomorrow's daf, so the one brother who's left over, should do chalitza on both, you can't marry either one, by the two brother one, then we could say, one could do chalitza and one does yibum. Um, however, in kadmu v'kansu, if the brothers married one of the sisters, we don't force a divorce. It is only true if the brothers first did chalitza on the first, you know, one of the the, the single brother did chalitza on these women, and then in the second set, the second brother could do yibum. But if let's say first they did yibum. And, and then afterwards, the first guy did chalitza, it's not going to work. Because the first guy is doing ibum on something that could be a potential biblical prohibition. You took in somebody who might be Yavama to somebody else, and therefore we're not going to allow him to stay married to her. Period. We're going to hold it here. Bottom line is, we have this ongoing dispute. If you put a ring on a woman's finger, and at the time of marriage... It does not leave a possibility to live together, to have relations for various reasons. Is that acquisition valid at all or not valid? If it's not valid, I don't even, I don't even need to give her a get. Machleikas, Abai, and Rava, we've brought multiple uh, challenges on each one. Every time they've wiggled out, the saga continues. We don't have a proof yet as to who's correct. And Bezham tomorrow... We will pick up with a couple of, uh, with a, a final attempt, uh, actually one more final attempt, and the Psaq in uh, in this area. We'll hold it here. I'll get married tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. I'll get married, everybody.